Retail Confessions from a Trend Expert is a podcast where we explore the latest trends and products by sharing shopping excursions and trying new products. Our host, a seasoned trend expert, will provide insights into the world of retail and share their experiences with you. Join us as we explore the latest trends and uncover what's hot and what's not in the retail world. Hello. Happy Monday. I say this as I'm yawning and trying to get my energy up for the day. I'm really excited to embark on this creative journey that I'm taking on. So this podcast is all about retail confessions. So how did I come up with this idea? I am always shopping. I'm always learning. And especially for a lot of the work that we do here at EBCO, uh, if you're not familiar with EBCO, we're a trend innovation firm. We are constantly looking for the latest trends, the latest products, um, and not just fads, but things that really bubble up to show us a larger theme of what's taking place in the world. So a lot of our team and myself, we get inspiration by going on shopping excursions, expeditions, safaris, and really trying new products out. Oftentimes we learn the most by being ourselves consumers and also seeing what really piques our interest in what's new out there. So we're going to be providing insights into the world of retail and share these experiences with you on this podcast. We're also going to be exploring the latest trends and uncover what's hot and what's not in the retail world. So welcome to our first episode. I'm going to be sharing a recent shopping experience that I did at Target and a mall, which seems so funny to say because I very rarely, like most people, go to the mall anymore. Um, but I took my kids to a Pokemon store that was about two hours away. So I'll be sharing um, some of the learnings I had while I was at that mall. We're also going to be connecting these back to larger trends. So sit back, relax, and join us as we deep dive into the world of retail and uncover what's hot, what's not. So let's get started. So first, if you're not familiar with myself, my name is Kaylin Rosansky. I am a self, self-declared trend expert after working on over 150 innovation programs at my innovation firm, EBCO, um, that I have with my business partner, Aaron Mays. We started eight years ago at this point, and we've been so fortunate to work with the largest companies in the world. And what we found in this process, and my particular passion has always been trends, is that a lot of companies and organizations that we work with, they really have a lot of the consumer insights nailed down. Trends can be harder because there is both a qualitative and quantitative aspect of how you can track and study them. It's also sort of somewhat of an emergent emergent field in that it's not something that's widely discussed in MBA programs. It's sort of something that it, it sometimes can seem like a fluffy skill um, until you've learned to really understand how everything connects back to larger themes and how you can really then start to dial it back to a business's needs. So I won't spend too much time on that, but if you're interested, um, that's my background. And I personally just love CPG. I love consumer products. Um, and so you're going to see that definitely in the podcast as we go through different episodes and different categories. So the, the first one I want to talk about today that I saw at Target was postpartum recovery. This one is very near and dear to my heart. Um, I had a very traumatic postpartum recovery experience with my first son, Aiden, and I was shocked. I No one had prepared me, and I probably could have prepared myself by doing a lot of reading, 
but I was not prepared to go home in basically a diaper. And it was interesting because I saw Chrissy Teigen post this as well, that she's like, no one tells you when you have a kid that they're going home in diapers and you're going home in diapers. And there's so much that's left out because it's not maybe seen as something that's desirable to talk about in society or we sort of glaze over it as women and say, yeah, you know, it all went fine. But everyone has a very different birthing experience, whether you have C-section, natural birth, uh, whether you've had complications, baby size, or the position and orientation of the baby, how long your labor was. And so for some of us, that can result in what feels like very like hardcore trauma and tearing. And when going to pelvic floor therapy, my pelvic floor therapist said, you know, basically you had the equivalent of tearing your rotary cuff, but in your pelvic floor. And she's like, and you know, normally if somebody tore the rotary cuff, you would just send them on their way and say like, okay, go ahead, you know, go recover. You would have a treatment plan for them and you would have some type of physical therapy. So that was just interesting. And I've read a lot about how this happens in menstruation and, and periods where as society, we tend to be very judgmental of seeing those products out. Um, there's a lot of studies that show that we tend to look negatively down on um, those that you know identify as women and women that are showing those products or have them out and it's sort of seen as this like uncleanliness trait. I'm very happy to report that with trends. We definitely see a normalization of this, especially with younger generations and that it's okay to talk about these things. It's okay to have these products out and it's okay to talk with our partners about these things. So I was very excited to see Freedom Mom. If you're not familiar with Freedom Mom, one of the brands that's very popular for their nose sucker. So they have this um, nose sucker that if you've ever had um, kids that have a stuffy nose, especially when they're babies or they're full of boogers, it, it's almost impossible to use that like baster they give you from the doctor to get out all of that nasal fluid. So Frida came up with one where you actually suck it up on the opposite side and there's like a sponge to prevent you from literally swallowing the snot. And it's a funny thing. I remember getting one of my mom was like, oh my gosh, we never had that. That is so gross. But it works amazingly. And it sort of became a cult favorite with those that love Frida. It's on most baby registries. So Frida's expanded their innovation. So they now have a five-step postpartum recovery regimen. So at Target, I saw this gorgeous sort of lavender merchandising display that was right in front. It was very visible, was not hidden. And it showed different signs. So they had a sign for recovery regimen. They had a sign for C-section support. I love seeing that in terms of inclusion. And basically the products are designed to help new moms feel more comfortable and supported during postpartum period. So I want to talk about some of the products that I saw and I'll weave in some anecdotal stories of things that I've experienced, but also in our research, like why we see this becoming more normalized. So the first one was an upside down peri bottle. It's designed to clean, to clean your parent. I don't know if I want to pronounce this right, perineal area after giving birth. It's upside down. That makes it easy to use. And it comes with this convenient carrying case. Uh, so that's one thing. When you leave the hospital, they tend to give you a spray bottle that you kind of squirt after you go to the bathroom to keep it clean because you cannot sometimes use toilet paper. Um, so that's, again, something that uh, I did not feel like I had a ton of education on prior. But this idea that you're you know, you could go home with stitches, you're going to be torn. Um, it's a raw, sensitive area. And so I love that this brand is is almost like a medical supply innovation. So instead of just having sort of this generic product, now they're giving you one that's designed better for the body. Um, and, you know, this one, I kind of, you kind of had to angle yourself funny when you're not feeling well and kind of try to squirt, where this one is designed in a way that's going to make that a much easier transition. Instant Ice Maxi Pads. So they have pads that are designed to provide immediate relief after giving birth. 
They have a soothing gel that cools on contact, helping to reduce swelling and discomfort. So this is another one where at the hospital, they can give you ice packs to sit on. And at home, you can sit on ice packs, but it's this is different in that it's almost combining a pad format and something that you can wear inside of your underwear. So if you need to be mobile, you're not trying to like carry some giant ice pack around with you in the house. And also that requires you, you know, sometimes to not have pants on. So I, I love that they've come up with, you know, a gel format. So it's not water, but also something that you can use while you're on the move to give you more mobility. That's the another kind of interesting, just like empathy pain point. But when you have a new baby, moms don't get a break. You know, you don't really get to decide that, you, you know, you feel like you were just basically in the equivalent of a car accident and you're going to have to like take a rest day. You know, you have a lot of demands that you have to fill on your body, whether that's breastfeeding, you know, nurturing the baby, um, getting up and down. And so there's a lot of mobility concerns and um, or challenges, I should say. And so I think it's really interesting that they're thinking about this from a mobility aspect as well. Herbal perineal spray. So this is made with natural ingredients like witch hazel and lavender. So you can see which you can refresh that area after giving birth. So definitely cleanliness becomes a big one. So you don't want to have infection, especially with stitches um, in that area, obviously being an area where, um, you know, you can potentially get bacteria and things. So um, I love that they're bringing the naturals category into this and mirroring what we see in the beauty space disposable mesh underwear. So this is something that you actually get at the the doctor. They give you like a huge pack of mesh underwear. Uh, I remember they didn't give us enough and we had to like go out to a medical supply store that week um, because I needed it much longer than the few days they gave me. And it's very, you know, very kind of what you kind of expect. Kind of looks like a white brief that you're wearing. And they are very comfortable, even I found the hospital one. So I think it's interesting that this is another option. And I'm looking up online right now to see what this product looks like to remember it from the store. So something that really interesting is that is that it does have a little bit better of a color. It's not white. Um, it's gray. Um, I think this is probably beneficial potentially to those that didn't get enough at the hospital. So also just giving someone another channel to be able to purchase this stuff, not just from a medical supply store, which often has weird hours. Sometimes they're not open in the middle of the night or you can't order them to your house directly, where obviously from Target or Amazon, you could definitely do that. And oh, it's also made out of microfiber and spandex. So this does seem like something that is a better material. Um, and it looks like they also have ones that are just postpartum underwear in general. Um, so this is really interesting. It says that they're mess free. That stretches even more when you than you have. <laughs> even more than you have. Got it. They're like referring to your belly. Um, so yeah, I think that's interesting. And they're kind of again, just not reinventing the wheel or taking something you literally already get from the hospital, but making it more accessible. Postpartum perineal cooling pad liners. So they fit inside your underwear and provide cooling relief after giving birth. So similar to the ice packs, but maybe not as um, not as cooling. So um, maybe something that you could wear more often throughout the day. The Frida Mom Washer, personal hygiene device that makes it easier to clean your perineal area after giving birth. It has a unique design that allows you to control the water pressure. Okay, wow, that is really interesting. I'm trying to imagine what this looks like. 
Okay, yeah, it actually is the same thing as that Perry bottle that we talked about, but love that name, the mom washer. C-section undies, so designed to be worn after C-section, providing gentle support and compression. That's actually pretty interesting. I've heard, especially with those that have C-sections, um, sometimes you're not expecting it, and so you might not have the right the right items with you at the hospital, expecting that you know the scar usually becomes a thing that's really sensitive on your belly and you don't want it to touch. So I've often heard people that have scheduled ones or expecting a C-section, they'll get like silk pajamas or things that glide over easily over the skin or that are not going to irritate it and also special kinds of balms. So Frida also has a scar care kit, a massage roller, silicone scar sheets, which is kind of directly taken from skincare and scar cream. Then they also have, you know, some regular, I would say more on the regular side of nursing balms and pillows. And again, this was something I saw at Target, but they also sell their products on Amazon, Walmart, so I think this whole idea of postpartum recovery is just super interesting. I mean, we could think of other areas that are not the most like glamorous areas to talk about, but are areas that are very high in terms of pain point. And speaking from experience, when you're going through that, you're going to throw money at that problem in terms of, you know, getting what you need to, to feel good and to recover. So I think it's um, interesting to think of even from a medical equipment standpoint, like how could we give the consumer a much better, more desirable experience. On our team, we worked on, you know, cancer care before, but even thinking of other types of, you know, conditions and treatments and life stages um, that could be beneficial to think about it from how do we make it, uh, how do we actually meet the consumer with the types of products they're going to be wanting to have as they're going through these experiences. So on a totally different note, we're going to switch gears here is freeze-dried products. So back to the Pokemon mall story that I had earlier, my kids love, love, love Pokemon. And they went through a stage where they're really into plushies as well, um, like most kids. And so I had found the store called Original 151, where you can go and basically buy the same stuff you can buy in Japan, where you can get Pokemon plushies, um, all of these kind of specialty niche products that you typically see in Tokyo. And on the way there, I noticed there was a freeze-dried kiosk in the mall. It was, you know, clearly kind of a small business or a one-off. It looked very much like home kitchen kind of products where they were packaged locally and they didn't have professional packaging. But I thought the creativity was really interesting. So they had freeze-dried lemon heads, a whole section on Jolly Ranchers, Skittles, Airheads, marshmallows, and Red Hots. If you haven't had a freeze-dried candy, um, they're kind of relatively new trend that started on social media. It's where when you freeze dried candy, it tends to expand. So it sort of like blows up and becomes a much more snackable version of candy. So if you imagine like original, um, like if you've ever seen those Cheez-Its actually, the dense original ones versus the puffs, the puffs are light as air. It's almost easy to eat an entire bag of them. It's similar in candy where instead of eating a chewy Skittle where it takes you quite a few you know, seconds to chew through it and swallow, it just becomes an instant, like a one bite, a one bite snack, I guess. And so they're just much easier to eat and snack on. It totally changes this. The texture totally changes the experience and perception of the product. I'm not a huge Skittles fan myself, but in a freeze-dried format, it's it's very fun. It's very light. It doesn't feel so heavy and sugary. So it's interesting to think of how we can apply textural innovation, where we can experiment with different textures and then create something new that catches on because of the novelty and because of the excitement factor. So one of the Four human needs that I learned from Tony Robbins is variety. 
So while humans value certainty and especially in times of stress, like that we're going through right now globally, there is a desire for certainty, but there on the other side, there's also a desire for novelty and variety. So things that constantly surprise us, delight us, give us something new. We've all heard variety is the spice of life. And that's why we constantly see new, new products because we get bored of what's out there currently. So I think this is a really interesting way to think about how do we take like a core brand, something that's already popular, has been around, and how do we now flip the experience on its head? I also read many years ago, The 4-Hour Chef by Tim Ferriss. And in his book, he talks about how anytime you change sort of the textural experience of a product, like let's say in a cookie, instead of using baking soda, use baking powder. And all of a sudden the cookie like rises up a lot, it doubles in size you can actually just create something that becomes like a one-of-a-kind experience. And he talked about this in relation to different like cookie bakers that all have a different technique and they're all popular in their own way. Like people still love that novelty and excitement of, you know, especially like Levon Bakery where you go and New York where they're giant cookies, they're so dense, they're so moist, they're delicious. But they sort of go against, like all of those places, they sort of go against what traditional philosophy is on the, on the cookie recipe. You know, they have their own unique spin on it that creates a new textural sensation for the palate. So the freeze-dried candy trend, you know, they're removing all the moisture. So you get that airy texture. Probably have heard of Starburst Airs. Um, this process really intensifies the flavor, making it unique and tasty. So some on, on Etsy that I've seen, and I have really seen this trend really start like Etsy. A lot of small businesses make this and we'll send it to you. Quite expensive too. I mean, buying a bag of freeze-dried Skittles might be $10, you know, versus if you bought a pack in the store, it might be like less than a dollar. But there's a lot like the Sweet Whimsy Shop, the Candy Fun House. I love that name too, the Fun House, because you could see how fun it could be to play around with texture. TikTok also has over one and a half million views featuring this trend. So just showing that, you know, people really do love talking about this and trying this on camera. So some other ones could be like freeze-dried fruits, marshmallows. I saw that too at that kiosk where they had marshmallows, like all different flavors. Um, even, you know, the past like freeze-dried ice cream or astronaut ice cream was a big thing. Yogurt bites and even, you know, cheese. Like when you think of Wisps and Moon, I think is it Moon cheese? I mean, those brands are huge. I mean, they've done, they've been so successful, like changing the texture of cheese and making it more stackable. So definitely something to think about as an innovation lever of how do you change the technique for that product to create something new. The next area that I'm going to cover, going up another, I'm then to another space, is Love Wellness. So this is a brand I've actually seen quite a bit at Target and other retailers, and also had seen them as a direct-to-consumer brand before. So they were started by this former Laguna Beach alum that was on the show, and it's a woman's health and wellness brand that focuses on feminine health issues. So what I really love about them is they've made it a lot more cheeky. So they have products like Good Girl Probiotics, which is for vaginal and digestive health. They have a whole line of like sexual wellness, UTI preventions, vaginal pH balancers. And so it's sort of like the modern Vagisil. They're making it feel more fun, more playful, and also, you know, just somewhat being a competitor, like having a new product in that space um, that has a vibe that feels much more synergistic with a younger consumer. They also wrote a book called The Happy Vagina, A Guide to Vibrant Health, and they talked a lot about the vaginal biome. So you've probably heard of the microbiome, the skin biome, potentially um, the gut biome. 
but most areas of our body where we have kind of a mix of bacteria and other other um, microbes that can live there, we have a biome. So the biome has a certain balance to it that can get disrupted by different things like things we eat, yeast infections, um, BV, um, our menstrual cycles. And so they talk about what's normal down there, what's abnormal, and also self-care. And what I love is it's really normalizing that conversation because I think it's inherent that they understand the pain point of that. People don't want to talk about it because they're not really sure what is normal. And there's also a stigmatization of, that happens that feels like it's sort of reserved to talk about with your doctor or you know, potentially a close one, but it, it's also an area that can have embarrassment to it. And so we've definitely seen a larger consumer trend around normalization of these topics and being just, while it can be discreet sometimes in some product lines, like when you think of Roe or you think of Hims and Hers, where they're making it so that you don't have to talk with your doctor, you can go online and order. It's also these brands are giving permission for people to realize how expansive some of these issues must be if everybody is needing these products and talking about them. So I, I find it really interesting and in kind of what's normal from an odor perspective, what's normal from a fluid perspective. And then they have products that can address some of those issues. So they have a probiotic suppository. They have um, just vaginal bot pH sprays. And so they talk about the importance of kind of maintaining that probiotic balance. So definitely an area that we're seeing the vaginal biome, um, thinking about innovation when we think of areas of the body that, you know, do have sort of a biome to them. So you've been thinking of our armpits and our our oral biome, our scalp biome. I've seen a lot more products come out about um, prebiotics for your, for your hair care. So we're definitely seeing more and more of that. And I think it's interesting that now we're starting to see it in the vaginal space. The last area is temporary hair dye. So this is one that I personally feel really intrigued to try. I keep waiting for when I won't have a presentation or an event where I'll be fine with my hair's red or purple. But it's something that I have been really interested in this maximalism trend that's coming out of Gen Z. So for a while now, the millennial aesthetic has been very minimalistic. It's been very aspirational. And what we've really seen different with Gen Z is that it's much more about creating your own micro trend. And so that's something that we see kind of interestingly is that thinking about it at an individual level of how do you take some of these trends and apply them to yourself or do something different to get noticed. And a lot of this has to do with our personal identity that we're projecting on social media, which I read that Gen Z now feels that their online identity is even more important than their in-person identity. So just really interesting to think about it through that lens that, you know, maybe having a shocking hair color isn't as big of a deal when it's you're projecting it through an online source versus going into an office each day. So hair dye became really popular during the pandemic as a way to experiment with different colors and styles. And now sort of this permission to go a little outside the norm has extended. Ali is a brand that I've seen that has really taken advantage of this trend. They recently par partnered with Target to bring their products to a wider off audience. So they have a demi-permanent hair dye where it lasts, you know, six to eight weeks through a wash and things like lavender and bowl. And then they also have this really cool hair stick that they sell on their website where it's a one day color. So it can wash out that day. So I saw like one of their ads and advertised marketing messages focused on like individuals of braids or ponytails where maybe you're just like taking a few sections of hair and you can even use all of the colors. So I think it's really interesting that this idea of, of boldness is something that we see in maximalism 
which is this idea of more is more with younger audiences. I also love this quote from Kristen S. She's a celebrity hairstylist that also is another Target brand that they sell. And she said, bold hair color is a form of rebellion for teenagers. It allows them to break away from societal norms and express individuality. And I think if we had one thing to say about younger generations, it's, it's always about breaking away from the norm of what's expected. So with millennials, it's about maintaining your hair color via balayage. You know um, that it's sort of a highlight that looks very natural gradient. That's what I have in my hair. And it, it sort of just looks like, you know, shades of brown, shades of blonde that blend together. And with Gen Z, it's much more about a shocking statement and something that really like catches your breath. Like, whoa, that person has blue hair over there. And we're seeing those difference in in those generational opinions about what a norm is, um, will have trends impact different generations. And I think also this lens of individuality will be interesting when we think of how we keep progressing towards a metaverse and a digital environment that younger generations are not going to necessarily follow what something feels natural is. So a lot of times we see natural hair colors because it looks natural on the eye. It's something that we're born with, like blonde, brown, red, uh, but usually it's a toned down color. And so to the human eye, it looks natural because that's, you know, pretty much what we're born with, the pigments that we're used to. But from an online perspective, what becomes natural? Uh, you know, you can have wings, um, angel wings. You could have a bunch of glitter all over your body. You know, it's if it's not your real body, does it matter if the proportions are different? So I think there's all of these interesting reflections that are going to happen and also avatars and different expressions of fashion that we're going to see. And then also how do you reflect that in your in-person identity and which ones you relate to more? So just some interesting things to kind of pose as kind of thought starters as, as you're thinking about innovation and also being able to rewrite the rules. So, you know, let's say your brand was a legacy hair care brand and you were all about performance and like these really high quality pigments and dyes, you know, what does it look like when suddenly the top selling color is purple? Um, so how can we just rethink, you know, whether it's an extension, whether it's um, acquiring a startup, whether it's playing around with different formats, like a, a roll-on hair color versus a, a permanent dye solution, whether it's extensions. Um, I, personally, I love tinsel. Those are things that you can get at a hair salon where they put in it's literally tinsel from a Christmas tree or a holiday tree, I should say. And that's something that you can get um, with a tool applied to your hair. And it basically doesn't come out until you get a tool to open it. And so I found those to be really fun and kind of a gateway into some of these hair trends. But the idea that with all these opportunities, there's always new products and services that we can offer. Um, I saw that at a festival in Germany, somebody was going to a glam bar. They talked about how this is pretty, not in the US yet, but they saw it at music festivals throughout Europe where you could go and get your hair multicolored dyed, kind of a rainbow ombre. You could get hair extensions, crystal jewels all over your face. And I thought, how fun, like I'm not even that consumer exactly, but how fun to think of a business model where it's kind of about these extreme looks that you can get done. Um, and for a special event. And in this case, it was a sort of a rave festival. But also imagine, you could totally see teenagers, I'm thinking younger Gen Z, doing something like that for a night out. So I think just thinking about what all the applications of these trends could they be and where, what else could we invent based on some of these learnings. So that's it for our first episode of Retail Confessions from a Trend Expert. I am really open to any 
any stores or any trends that you're really curious about. So feel free to write into us and uh, we will, we're going to keep continuing and we'll see, we'll see where this goes. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week and look forward to seeing you on the next one. Oh, 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 oh,